We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So running back Gus Edwards just flat out disappeared against the Steelers Sunday night. And as a result, he finished with just two yards on three carries and nine total snaps. Yeah, and John Harbaugh was asked about what happened to Gus, and the explanation is kind of bizarre. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my partner and co-host Sarah Ellison. It's Tuesday, January 3rd, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. John Harbaugh was asked four different times about Lamar Jackson's health status, and rightfully so, because it's clear without number eight's return, this offense is going nowhere. We'll dive into the stats that prove that, along with Harb's answer about his QB's availability this week. Plus, Baltimore's run defense has been stout throughout this season, but that was not the case on Sunday night at the bank. Harbaugh expressed his frustration on Monday and also provided an update on Calais Campbell. We'll have all that and more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news in about 15 minutes. All right, Bobby, whatever happened to this whole running back by committee strategy? And why on earth did Greg Roman abandon it on Sunday night? Sarah. If I had clear-cut answers for those questions, I mean, heck, I'd be throwing my hat in the ring to be Baltimore's next offensive coordinator because, hey, as we speculated in our instant reaction episode to Ravens-Steelers, this team is likely going to be in the market for a new OC come offseason, and we were reminded as to why that might be the case on Monday. Which, of course, is John Harbaugh's weekly press conference in which he was asked about why running back Gus Edwards logged just nine total snaps, finishing with two yards on three carries Sunday night. Yeah, you know, I wasn't happy about that. You know, honestly, Gus should have played more. There's no doubt about it. That's uh, That was something that we should have had him out there more and, uh, you know, really no excuse for that. Yeah, there's literally no excuse whatsoever, Sarah. Gus is averaging five yards a carry this season, and entering Sunday night, he was averaging seven per carry in his previous three games. So why the Ravens abandoned him is beyond me. And while I get the thought process of riding the hot hand that really has been J.K. Dobbins in recent weeks, something that makes that duo special is their one-two punch ability that they bring to this offense with their different styles. It forces defenses to remain honest 
and on their toes at all times. Now, while Harbs didn't come out and specifically mention Greg Roman's name to get to the kind of the meat portion of this topic, I do believe that this was yet another indirect shot or critique aimed at him for his situational play calling and even like, dare I say, a carelessness or lack of awareness in this specific case. Yeah, I think that quote is definitely a critique of Roman, but honestly, Bobby, this is also on Harbaugh too. I mean, he's the head coach. And so at what point did he notice that Gus wasn't being used adequately? Was it after the game? And if so, how can Gus bus slip through the cracks like that? And if Harbs noticed during the game, well, why didn't he speak up? Either way, this is a bizarre oversight and explanation, and it's on both of them. It's unbelievable that Roman would let Gus Bus disappear, and it's also crazy that Harbs didn't correct it sooner if he was so disappointed by it. But, Bobby, as you alluded to already, this isn't the first time that Harbs has spoken up in recent weeks about the offensive play calling. Now, he and Greg Roman just haven't appeared to be on the same page really at all the last few weeks. In fact, let's rewind back to his Monday pressure coming off of that Broncos game when he gave his thoughts on Greg Roman's decision to dial up a trick play for reserve wide receiver James Prochet, which led to a complete gift interception. You know, everything broke down. Uh, it was just a bad play, I'd say. You know, if, if it's one we probably want back. It just wasn't a good time for it. Seemed like a good idea, I guess, at the time. In some ways, there's reasons for that. But hindsight, just not a good call in the sense of uh, it was a bad play. Trying too hard, maybe, to make something happen with a trick play. You know, and really, that time of the game, it probably was time just to grind. I think it turned out to be a grind game. That was a finesse idea that just, uh, it's time wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't time for that. For sure. So, yeah, this continues to feel eerily similar to what we watched play out this time last year ahead of Wink Martindale's departure, right? Like Harbaugh's tone and demeanor really almost make it abundantly clear that a change is on the horizon. And Sarah, I know we both feel like this partnership has run its course. That said, I can't get behind those who feel like firing Greg Roman will fix things overnight with this offense. From my vantage point, the Ravens have a glaring issue in the personnel department. And until they become capable of being more than just a one-dimensional ground and pound team, offensively speaking, they'll continue being, yes, an above average organization that qualifies for the postseason more often than not. Don't get me wrong, but they won't be competing deep into January and ultimately early February as currently constructed. All right, still to come here on the vault, the Ravens desperately miss Lamar Jackson, and the numbers are screaming exactly that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So no matter what changes the Ravens implement on offense, including rediscovering what Gus Edwards is capable of providing, nothing will be as important as the health status of Lamar Jackson. So, Sarah, everybody is dying to know, will he be back this week for the regular season finale? Well, John Harbaugh was asked exactly that in different versions and uh, different ways of asking it, but basically four times Monday. And you probably won't be surprised to hear that Harbaugh wasn't very forthcoming about it. John, do you expect Lamar to practice this week? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an expectation until I hear more today. You know, Bobby, there are times when Harbaugh won't divulge injury information so that he's not tipping off opponents, and I'm totally 100% fine with that and would do the same thing. But even if Lamar practiced this week, I would still think his game status would be in question this week because I'd expect his sprained PCL to need a ramp-up period after being sidelined for four weeks. So because of that, in this case, I don't know if Harbs is actually hiding his hand which is why I see that answer that we just listened to. I see it more as bad news rather than vague news. I've already got very low expectations about number eight's availability for the season finale, but now it's getting to the point that if he doesn't practice starting this Wednesday, then his availability for the playoffs will be in question too. And that's exactly what Harbs was asked about Monday. Is he starting to get worried? Is this head coach starting to get worried that Lamar won't have enough time to ramp up even for the wild card matchup? Yeah, you know, I just can't think about that. You know, I'm just going to listen to the doctors and to Lamar, and uh, we're prepared. You know, the offense is not going to change dramatically between Lamar and, and Tyler. So, you know, how they play their styles, certainly that they, they, they apply that. You know what I mean? The way, the way Lamar plays and the way Tyler plays, the way a player plays, they apply that to the to the to the, to our system and the way we play. Our plays are are built for those types of quarterbacks. They're built for Lamar. I mean, our offense is built for Lamar, around Lamar, and to, to take care of Lam- to to play with Lamar's talents and abilities. That's what we're built for. And the way Lamar plays it, and Tyler plays it very you know um, plays the same offense. They play it uh, slightly differently because they're different, in, unique individuals. So, but we're not gonna you know we're gonna take the game plan and prepare for Cincinnati, prepare for their defense. And what they do, make sure our run game is set up to attack their defense and what they can do in their players. And the same thing with our pass game. And then, uh, you know, whichever quarterback plays, that's the quarterback that's going to play. And we'll expect him to play great football. So um, as a coach, that's, that's really what you do. As far as, what, you know, one regular season week left and then the playoffs, as far as Lamar, would you like to see him at least for a week in practice? Not saying he would play against Cincinnati, but at least get a full week of practice before the, the postseason? Well, of course. Of course, absolutely. Do you think that if he's not practicing this week, does that jeopardize 
about him, about his playing availability for the postseason at all? I wouldn't make any commitment along those lines, yeah. Yeah, the Ravens and Lamar are quite simply running out of time here. You and I have already said we don't expect to see number eight for the rest of this regular season, Sarah, but Harbs is definitely talking like a guy who doesn't expect him to be available for the playoffs either. Maybe he's playing the game within the game by not divulging info, but he sounds more doubtful to me, Sarah. And this is going back weeks now, right? Like, we don't want to play the, the whole role of, like, mind reader here. But based on his demeanor today, as we're taping this on Monday, January 2nd, I noticed and observed a, a visible difference in his demeanor, his tone. And not that he's at peace with this, right? And again, we're speculating right now. But it sure seems like me throughout the coping process that is losing your MVP quarterback to an injury. It sure seems to me like he's now preparing for the worst, which is life in the postseason without number eight. Yeah, and we all might need to prepare for that. And Bobby, I want to go back on one other thing here that Harbaugh said. Now, he said that they run pretty much the same offense with either Tyler Huntley or Lamar Jackson. And we've heard that line for years now, and it's because it's true. But I feel like Huntley was initially pumped up really by all of us on the outside as being as good or uh, maybe not that or even, I don't know, maybe 75% of who Lamar is. But Bobby, we've now seen Huntley fill in for Lamar eight different times now as a starter. And I'd say Huntley isn't even half of who Lamar is as a quarterback. Now, Huntley's two and two this season as a starter, and that's respectable and perfectly acceptable as a backup. But he is nowhere near the runner that Lamar is. Huntley takes way more hits and isn't nearly as slippery or smooth. Huntley's not as good of a decision maker as Lamar is, both in the run option game and in the passing game. Huntley isn't as good of a passer, especially vertically. And Huntley usually makes one read and takes off, whereas Lamar is much more patient in the backfield. So, yeah, they're running the same offense, but these two QBs are on different levels big time. Yeah, I think the stat that Sunday Night Football shared said it all, Sarah. With Lamar leading Baltimore's offense since being drafted in 2018, the unit has scored 28 points per game. When he hasn't been on the field for 18 games throughout the last five years, the offense has scored just 18 points per game. A 10-point difference in that category is more than significant, and there's no beating around the bush on that. Right, and the strategy when Lamar isn't in there, and this is when most starters aren't in there, is you kind of lean on your defense and not make big mistakes on offense. It's the correct recipe with a backup QB, but it's not a recipe for scoring lots of points, and that's why we see that that stat there. And, you know, I thought Huntley implemented that strategy well for three quarters of football Sunday. He had poise, and he passed the ball as needed. He didn't make any major mistakes, didn't have any turnovers, and he got the offense in field goal range that was happening for about three quarters but all of that imploded in the fourth quarter now obviously that's also on Greg Roman's play calling but Huntley wasn't helping the situation with his play the Steelers were stacking the box with an extra defender to stop the run and the team of Greg Roman and Tyler Huntley couldn't exploit that in the passing attack they converted one, just one first down in the entire fourth quarter. They couldn't even get one after Justice Hill returned a kickoff for 56 yards. Instead, they went backwards and then punted. And finally, the fate of the game was sealed with Huntley's interception. 
And to be honest, Bobby, I'm still, <laughs> you, you probably noticed me saying it in that um, review of the Steelers Ravens and our instant reaction, but I'm still taken aback by Huntley's answer when he was asked what he was looking for on that last play. And listen, Picks happen all the time, especially in more desperate situations with time running out. But Huntley didn't even seem to have an idea of what he was trying to accomplish on that final pass of the game, which is not what you want to hear from your QB. Somebody looking for somebody trying to just make a play. Mika made a play. All right, Bobby, Baltimore's run defense has been dominant throughout the majority of this season, but that definitely was not the case Sunday night against the Steelers. Yeah, no, no, not at all. I mean, the group allowed a season worst 198 yards on their ground and Pittsburgh's Najee Harris led the way with 111 of those. As you'd expect, Harbs was direct and honest after watching the tape overnight. I'll tell the guys I was I was I was disappointed in it. You know, the guys were too. You know, that was not what we expected. We were better than that. There's no question about it. It wasn't any one thing. It was, uh, it was just not being quite up to standard across the board, probably. I mean, we had uh, guys were fighting, and it was effort, and I give them credit. They blocked and ran hard. You know, they did a good job. It's a good team now, and uh, we respect them. And, uh, and they were better than us, you know, in terms of the fundamentals of, of running the ball and run defense. It's really the bottom line. Now, Bobby, there is no question that Calais Campbell was sorely missed in the interior part of Baltimore's defensive line. 36 years old. Year 15 in the league, Sarah, and yet this dude remains so incredibly valuable in the trenches, clogging up the run and dominating at the point of attack with his 6'8", 300-pound frame. I mean, I hope he can go Sunday against Cincinnati because the big man is one sack away from recording that elusive 100th of his future Hall of Fame career. Yeah, and John Harbaugh did say that Calais and Marcus Peters both have a chance to play Sunday in Cincinnati, but speaking to Calais specifically, Jeff Zrebeck tweeted out pregame that he was seen working out on the field with a brace on his left knee. A video posted from other members of local media showed that he was moving around pretty well with no noticeable limp, so... We'll just have to see for Baltimore's regular season finale, but that's good news from what the reporter saw pregame. Now, as for Marcus Peters, Juice Man's calf strain has, of course, sidelined him since the Cleveland game in Week 15, but the Sunday Night Football NBC cameras caught him firing up the M&T Bank Stadium crowd mid-game Sunday night, and he looked to be moving around well for whatever that's worth. But Sarah, moral of the story to get back to where we began things in this topic Baltimore's run defense wasn't anywhere close to good enough Sunday night, and that's something that both Patrick Queen and Broderick Washington addressed post-game. Pissed off. Shouldn't have let that happen. That's on us. It's on the linebackers, on the front seven. Can't let them run the ball. Shoot, I think it's just everybody getting back to the drawing board and figuring out, going back and watching the film and seeing where we can be better so we can come out and play a better game next week. Did they do anything to catch you guys off guard in the running game, or, or did, did they just execute what they did well? Yeah, they just executed what they did well, really well, actually. And we just got to be better. Hey, losing. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. I don't want to lose. And shoot, I just expect way more out of myself. Um, but yeah, I hate losing. And before we fly, some other quick news items you need to know. Beginning with Ravens mascot Poe is back after getting injured in the preseason. His debut Sunday night was highlighted by a WWE Kevin Nash 
blanket and wheelchair type moment with a fake cast. Here's the moment from the NBC crew. You know it's a rivalry game. The mascot Poe injured in the preseason, brought out by Edgar and Allen, the other mascots. Poe breaks out of his wheelchair to come back for this big game. He got injured. He seriously was injured. Comes back for this game. How about that? His broken wing is fixed. And Poe has returned for the Ravens-Steelers game. Yeah, that was nice and all, but it sure would have been even nicer if it was Lamar Jackson ripping off that blanket and coming out of a fake cast to go onto the field. Elsewhere, John Harbaugh said that the team got out of Sunday's game without any serious injuries, and that includes right tackle Morgan Moses, who suffered a biceps injury. Moses had been the Ravens' highest-graded player by pro football focus the previous two games, and he has not missed a single game since his rookie season all the way back in 2014. Thanks for listening to the Morning Ravens Vault, a podcast unaffiliated with the team. We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. If you've been enjoying our content, please tap that follow button and share it with a friend. You can also catch us on YouTube by searching Ravens Vault Podcast. And we'd love to hear from you with comments, questions, or if you'd be interested in advertising. You can reach us by email via BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. So that's all the time we've got today, but check out our Raven Steelers instant reaction if you haven't already.